Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Christian classics. Now, sometimes we got to go back to the classics. And so this morning I thought I'd talk about the armor of God and uh, come back to the classic, really, of just the armor of God. Because sometimes we look at some of these things and we've learned them, we've heard about them in Sunday school, and we just put it up on the shelf. It's like, you know, that doesn't relate to this day and age. You realize that each and every one of us are called. Each and every one of us are called to be soldiers of God. Each and every one of us are called to be part of the army of God. In other words, is that we fight a spiritual battle. It talks about it in Ephesians. Uh, it talks about this in Ephesians about, you know, the army of God, about the armor of God and who we're called and what we're called to do with it. And so today I want to touch on that. You know, there comes a time in life uh, when you have to make a decision. You realize that there comes a time in life when you have to make a decision. And that decision is what will you stand for? What Will you stand for? I remember um, Winston Churchill made this statement. He said this, if you have enemies, good. That means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. I want to ask you today, do you have an enemy right now? Do you have something coming against you? You know, as Christians, we actually have a spiritual enemy. We have an enemy that wants to take us out. You know, he wants to take your marriage out. He, he wants to take those relationships around you out. He wants to take the relationship you have with God out. Is that each and every one of us right now has a spiritual enemy. Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 13 puts it this way. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the woes of the devil. For we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day and have done in all Stand. Have done all. Stand. You know, when we stand, there comes a time to determine if we are fighting a spiritual battle or a natural battle. Do you realize that right now you have circumstances around your life and maybe you're looking at those circumstances and naturally you're doing everything possible. You know, those things that are around and it says, you know what, if I do A, B, C and... It will all come into place. Who knows, sometimes you can have a situation and you do all the right things, but it never seems to work. Now, I believe in those moments is a time where we need to just stand and look back and go, okay, right now, is this a natural battle that I'm fighting or is it a spiritual battle? You know, right now, I'm putting everything into my marriage. I'm putting everything into my business. I'm putting everything into my kids, but nothing seems to be working. But sometimes we need to step back and go, okay, right now, is it a natural thing that I'm coming against or is it a spiritual thing? Because I'll tell you, the devil does not want you to prosper. 
He does not want you to stand for the things of God. And he knows that if he can defeat you in some areas, you know, and you lose hope, then he's won the battle. If he can bring a seed of doubt within you and he can start to wedge in there, he knows, you know what, he's got a chance. But here it says, hey, put on the whole armor of God. And then when you've done that, just stand. Just stand. Is it natural or is it spiritual? You know, sometimes we feel exhausted, you know, spent, the the light, it's growing dim, that that whole thing. But then we need to just work out, okay, right, if we're in that point, God, the the 12th hour is here, God, I just need you to come through. Sometimes we just got to go, God, right now, I I know in the natural, this is impossible. I know that there is no, I've done it, but God, it's a spiritual one. I, I love how he says, armor up and then just stand. He doesn't actually ask you to do anything. He says, just stand. Why? Because then he can come through. I think sometimes he just wants to know whether we're diligent with what he's given us. Whether we're able just to be there. But when you're armored up, you can be on the front line. The issue is, there's a lot of us still sitting on the couch and haven't moved to the front line. We haven't moved to that place where we can stand. It's like the defeat is coming, those things. It's like, God, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go to bed. Instead of going, God, I'm just going to go to my prayer room. I'm just going to go to this place and I'm going to stand. I'm going to worship you on a Sunday. I'm going to praise you on a Sunday. My world might not look good right now, but God, I know that it's a spiritual battle that I am fighting right now. And I'm going to declare. I look at David. The reason why the things happened with his family is because he was not on the front line. King David, he was supposed to be out in battle. It was the season for battle. It was the time for him to put the armor on. It was the time for him to stand. But instead of that, he sent someone else out. Don't let someone else fight your battles. Don't let someone else stand for you. Let them stand with you, but not for you. And in turn, because he was in that place, sin crept in. In that place, temptation came. In that place was when those things started to roll out within his life for each and every one of us. We are called to put on the armor of God. We are called to stand. Having done all, to stand. Stand on your belief. Stand on your faith. Stand for your healing. Stand for your breakthrough. When you stand, battles are won. Victories are made. Futures are determined. Do you realize, parent, when you stand for the things of God, when you stand on the promises of God, when you're there in that place of faith, when you're standing, the future generations are watching you. Let let me tell you this, you know, what walks in the parents runs in the kids. And we look around today and we see the society in which we have, we see the ways that the young people are today and you just have to look back at their parents. And know, oh, that's where it started. Because what we've got to be careful is what we stand for, how we impart into our young people. They're watching us. They're not just listening to us. They're watching us. And so we need to stand. Why? Because it determines the future of the next generation. That's why right now it is so important that we find ourselves as parents in the house because our kids can have foundations built in their lives. Because they go, you know what, that's a value, that's a standard that we have for our life. That's just what we do. My kids actually get upset when we don't come to church. 
what, we're not going? Well, you can't go because you're contagious, you're sick. We don't want everyone else sick. So? They'll get over it? No. Like, that's why Carolina's not here. What an excuse. Because I've got a sick son. It's like, good on you, mate. (laughs) Having done all, stand. But we need to have put on the whole armour. Not part armour. The whole armour. So many Christians are running around with their shield left at home. So many Christians are running around with their sword sitting right beside the bedside table. There's so many people that... It's like we forget the whole armour. Ephesians 6, verse 14 to 15. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having showed your feet with preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words... Gird, put on, shawled. Uh, the belt of truth. Now, we live in a day and age where what is truth? We live in a day and age of part truths. The other day, we were getting ready for school, is what we do. And we get all the four kids ready, and they all brush their teeth, and they all do their thing. And, and uh, we said to one of our sons, or Carolina said to one of our sons, hey, ha- go and brush your teeth and so upstairs and then come back a bit later and came back pretty quick and she goes have you brushed your teeth and he goes yeah I've brushed my teeth and she goes are you sure you brushed your teeth like you're pretty quick yeah yeah I I brushed my teeth and then Carolina leaves it a little bit and then she goes to him did you brush your teeth today and he goes today no no, I haven't brushed my teeth today. You know, it was, he had brushed his teeth, but just not today. Technically, it was right. It was just a half-truth. And so this is what we try to bring in. Is that, you know, we try to live our Christian life in these half-truths. You know, the belt, gird your waist with truth, encircle yourself with truth. John 14 verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me or comes to the Father except through me. In other words, the truth is Him. The only way to God is through Jesus. The only way to Him is actually to believe in Jesus Christ, believe that He was the Son of God, that He died. That is the only way. There are not many ways. There's one way. And that one way is Jesus. And we need to make sure we have that truth around our life. We need to make sure that we have it and believe in it without a shadow of a doubt. That holds everything together. It is the center point of our belief system. It's what Christianity is about. Believing in the Son of God, that He died on a cross, that He was born of a Virgin Mary, believing that He is the way. He gave His life. Whoa, that's heavy. For some of us, that could be a revelation this morning. He died for you and I. It's the truth. Everything hangs off truth. In the Christian world, truth is its centerpiece. A soldier's belt holds up the sword. It keeps the breastplate, it keeps that in place, and it holds their pants up. Some Christians, I think, need to have a belt of truth to hold their pants up. Literally, husbands, 
truth. Start to put these things around. When we are, it would save a lot of heartache in a lot of areas of our life. The belt of truth holds the sword of the Spirit, linking truth with the Word and keeps righteousness in place. That's what it does. Truth guards against lies and deception. When you know the truth, when deception comes, you'll know how to reject the lies. Truth. It holds the best breastplate of righteousness in place. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. A breastplate, what is it to do? If you look at it, it actually protects vital organs. It protects the vital organs. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flows springs of life. The heart. You know, we put righteousness on. You know, it's not earned by man, it's given by our Saviour. I want to say that right now. You can't earn righteousness. It's a gift. It's given. He puts us in right standing. He ushers us in and says, hey, listen, here's my righteousness, put it on. You can never make yourself righteous. You can never do anything to earn righteousness. But he says, you know what, come here and, and let me give you this. Let me give you righteousness. Let, let me put it over you. Let, let you wear it so that it protects the vital organs of your heart. So when things come and the attacks of the enemy come against you, and this is the thing is that if he can get our heart, he gets all of us. As Christians, more than ever, we need to protect our heart. Why? Because if we don't protect our heart, that's where bitterness enters in. That's where doubt and unbelief start to enter in. But he says, you know what, put the breastplate of right, put it over the vital organs of your body so that it can protect your emotions. It can protect where you're going. This breastplate of righteousness has Christ redeemed stamped on it. If you look through the movies and you look through those places, there was always an emblem that was over the chest. And for us, it's the Lion of Judah. It's the Lion of Judah, the roaring Lion of Judah. Not, not, not some little wincy, but a lion. Is that we represent, we are soldiers, we are here in the army of God. Is that as soon as we say, Jesus, here we are, you know, it, it's not just... Into self, it's into his ranks. It's becoming ambassadors. It's becoming ones that will stand and be followers of the way. We're ransomed. And then it goes on. It says about our feet. Shrode your feet as in the feet of peace. Having a firm understanding of the gospel. Knowing the word, the promises and who he is. The word of God. When tax of the devil come. And, and if you really... And this is the thing, when the attacks, those voices that speak to you. You know, if God really loved you, why are you going through this? If God really loved you, he wouldn't actually have let this happen to you. Anyone ever had those voices? Okay, one. You're all perfect. And the armor of God is just fitted nicely. But, but those moments, those things that come, but if, if you have the word of God, if you have the gospel of peace around your life, you'll be able to quote like Romans 8, 28 back and say, it is written, you know, all things work together for the good to, the, to them who love him. Is that there'll be 
you'll be able to stand with assurance your feet would be solid, would be planted in the gospel. You know, when the devil tries to remind you of your past, you know, because you know the gospel, because you know where you come from, because your feet are grounded in the world, you'll be able to go, you know what, uh, let me remind you of your future. It gives you a sure footing. Romans 10, 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I love that scripture. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. There's nothing better than someone running to you with good news. You know, the, the time where your kids are coming home from school and, and, and they've just aced it in something and they're running through the door. They don't walk through the door. They run through the door with a big smile to tell you the good news. Hey, Dad, this is what I've just got accepted. I've just got accepted into the basketball team. I can play for our, you know, or, you know, Dad, I just come in and, you know, that, that you know, where I was getting C, you know, now I've got A pluses and, and they come with a big smile. They're, they're bringing the news and as a parent, you celebrate with them. Or what about that time where you bring the news, you know, to that person, you know, you see their face light up. Shroud your feet. Have your feet in a place. Ephesians 6, 16 to 17. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Notice here, the shield of faith. It actually says, <laughs> above all, take up the shield of faith. It, those other pieces, they're on you. But it says, above all, take up the shield of faith. You know, for a lot of Christians, is it, we've left the shield of faith at home. Is that there's something about your shield, there's something about faith. You know, do you realize faith is contagious? Faith isn't that thing just for yourself, it's for other people as well. And that's the thing about a shield. The shield, you know what, it actually is the armor that protects the armor. The shield is the armor that protects the armor. But also too, you know, you can use a shield to protect your neighbor. You know, growing up, I was privileged because we didn't have Netflix. Um, all we had was almost black and white TV, well, movies. And, and even back then, we didn't have that thing called a mobile phone. Anyone remember when growing up, the mobile phone was attached to the car? It was a car phone. And so that thing wasn't coming inside with you. Anyone remember that? We try not to. Or the man bag. You had to take the car battery in with you. And even still, you couldn't get the internet. But that, that was moments where, I, as I was growing up, I got to watch the. So I was educated because all there was was the real Ben Hur. The old movies that actually showed what it would have been like back in the day the soldiers, the outfits, everything that would happen. So when I think back, I think back to that era because when, when Paul was writing this in Ephesians, I believe he was talking about a Roman shield, and a Roman shield actually protected the whole body. It was a rectangle and it went from the ground up. 
if you see the movies, is that when they advanced, that everyone would be on their line, they'd be together, and they would join their shields together and advance upon the enemy. Or they would stand and let the enemy come to them. And because the shields were together, the shields were strong, is that they'd put the shields down, they'd create something like a turtle and put some on top. So when the darts come over, they wouldn't hit the person behind them. They wouldn't hit the person in front of them. And the person at front would put his down and the darts coming in wouldn't come through and penetrate. So they would protect those around them. It's the same as this. When you pick up the shield of faith, it's not just for yourself, it's for those around you. When we come into this moment of prayer and believing for miracles to take place, you know, what we're doing is we're taking the shield of faith, we're bringing the shield of faith, we're praying for our own circumstance, but also too, we're covering those around us. You know, maybe you've walked in today and your faith level's like, God, you know what, my, my shield is just this big. But then someone else walks in with their shield and they're like, you know what, I'm going to help you today. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to believe with you for miracles to take place. Uh, we need to have the shield of faith. Uh, I was looking at Steve over here, and we didn't plan this, but Steve brought his shield of faith. I just laughed. Yeah, bring it up here. Like, honestly, like, he was like, I'm not leaving my faith at home. I was like, I wish I had this for the first service. This is awesome. Like, honestly, get one for Jesse. But the shield of faith, you know, he didn't leave his shield of faith at home. Ooh. Even the Spartans, they were known as the greatest warriors ever to roam the earth, basically. And if you look back through the history books, is that, you know, if you're a Spartan and you ended up coming to battle and you didn't bring your shield, that was a no-no. You know, you could leave your helmet at home. You could leave your sword at home. You could leave your breastplate at home. That would be okay. But if you didn't bring your shield, there was a penalty. The other thing is that if you're on the battlefield and you lost your shield, that was another penalty. And the penalty was this, is that you would lose your citizenship. Because they had this idea is that the shield wasn't for you, it was actually for your... Because it's about community. For each and every one of us, how many of us actually need to pick up the shield of faith that maybe we've left at home? When we come to step foot, how many of us actually just need to pick up the shield of faith? The shield is the armor that protects the armor. The shield is that that covers others and protects others. When the darts of life come against you, and they will on a regular basis, can you lift up the shield of faith? Do you hold strong under pressure? Do you talk about faith or do you use faith? Hebrews eleven six. without faith it is impossible to please God. When the, when the darts of doubt, can I really trust God? Discouragement, your life won't change. Disappointment, life didn't turn out the way you want it. Difficulty, why is my marriage so hard? Why is it so hard to get a job? Depression. Is it really worth it? When those darts come, the shield of faith. Those are the times we need to hold up our shield of faith and stand strong. And the shield is only as good as it is handled. So is faith. So is faith. The shield of faith, put on the helmet 
of salvation. Put on the mind of Christ, taking every thought into captivity. Put on the helmet of salvation. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, cast down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring every thought into captivity to obedience of Christ. Salvation isn't a once-off thing of the past. Salvation is an ongoing, eternal state. Keeping an eternal perspective. When you put the helmet of salvation on, keep an eternal perspective. If it doesn't have eternal significance, it's not important. If it doesn't have an eternal significance, it's not important. What are those things that have an eternal significance? Those ones that God puts in our care, they have an eternal significance. Those friendships, those relationships have an eternal significance. Start to assess those things in your life. Is it, okay, what is temporal? What is eternal? What are those things that really matter? What are those foundations that I need to put in that really matter? Are they going to stand the test of time? Are they going to last me? Are those things really going to matter at the end of my life? The helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Napoleon, some guy who conquered Europe at one stage, he made this statement. He said, the Bible is no mere book, but a living creature with the power that conquers all that oppose it. The sword of the Spirit. It's about defense, offense. It's about protection. It's about overcoming. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Today, have you armored up? Have you armored up? Have you taken the sword of the Spirit? Maybe right now I've just spoken just basically just quickly about, it's a Christian classic, the armor of God. But sometimes when we leave Sunday school and when we work out and when we grow up, we tend to put those things aside and we go, you know what, that was just for then. Or that was just something that I I learned about, but it's more than just learning about it, it's actually applying it. It's actually taking hold of the Word of God, the keys and the principles that are in this book and saying, God, right now, you know what, as you say. Because what happens is that when you apply these things to your life, whatever the circumstance you're in, you can stand. Whatever the circumstance you're in, as you put on those things, and and notice in that book it says, just stand. It says, when you've done all, just stand. It actually doesn't say, hey, when you've done all, advance, fight. It says, you know what, right now I know that there is an enemy. I know that there are darts coming against you. I know that these things are happening, but you know what, you've already won the victory. All I'm asking you to do is armour up and stand. Armour up and stand. In every area of your life, stand. What would happen right now if, at a coffee shop, you're there and, and you're hearing someone's story. And you know they might have the faith for what they're going through, but, but you've got the shield of faith. And in that moment when they finish up, and, and what most Christians do is we, we hear the story, 
we have a coffee, we all feel good and we say, you know what, I'll pray about that for you. And then you go home, you kick the cat, life starts moving on and you forget about it. Why not in that moment because you have the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit reach across, grab their hands and say, you know what, we're going to pray for them, we're going to believe for a miracle right now. What would happen if every Christian did that in public? Oh, you mean I've got to make my faith public? We are followers of Christ. Jesus did most of his miracles in public. He did most of his miracles in public and, and people that weren't even saved or believed in him came and asked him for a miracle. What would happen? You know, we, we've heard about our Prime Minister. He got in the front page of newspapers for praying. Whoa. How dare he? And you know what I find? There's a lot of Christians say, how dare he? I would have to say, are you truly saved and have a revelation of who God is in your life? You mightn't agree with everything, but at least he's bold enough to declare the name of Jesus. What would happen if us as Christians actually did that? You mean I've got to get out of my comfort zone? If someone's going to receive a miracle, yes. If someone's going to receive their breakthrough, yes. Yeah, we need to be Christians that, you know, we believe in the armor of God. We we put the armor of God every day and, and we step out of that door. Why? Because it's not against flesh and blood that we fight. It's against principalities. Yeah. It's against darkness. And it's declaring and saying, you know what? My God has already given us victory and I will stand upon his word and I will declare who he is and I will love upon those around me. And you know what? As I'm loving upon those around me, they will receive their miracle because I have the faith for them to receive their miracle. But what happens if they don't receive their miracle? So what? At least you pray. I'll let you know a little key. You will see more miracles if you start praying for people. Oh, I haven't seen any miracles in my life. Have you prayed for anyone? No. There's the key. Wow. But sometimes we just, we keep our faith so private, so personal that we don't even know we're saved. God says, hey, put on the armor of God. Stand. And as a church in this room, we need to stand not just for ourselves, but for the generations to come. We need to stand for the generations that are in our family, the generations that are around our life, so that they will grow up with a foundation, a foundation in God, a foundation knowing what it is to stand for Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.